A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash Entitled Parents video. Today we've got a crazy story over an entitled mother thinking somebody's a kidnapper. But first, a story from Powerful Dream 711 Entitled mother almost kills me at her wedding because allergies aren't real. So this is a story my mom used to always tell me, seeing as it happened back when I was like two years old. At the time, I had two allergies, peanuts and tree nuts. When I was younger, I also had eggs and wheat. My mom had a work friend, entitled mother, who was getting married, and she invited pretty much everyone that worked at her office. And by invited, I mean told everyone to come, and also to bring gifts upwards of $200. What the heck? So my mom asked Entitled Mother if the food at the wedding was nut-free, which Entitled Mother said yes, or was it? Entitled Mother, ever since my mom has known her, has always thought that allergies were just kids being picky. No matter how much evidence you would put up, she just wouldn't take it. She often said that if those kids need EpiPens just because they're so picky, why doesn't my son, she's been divorced, have it when he eats broccoli? Not even lying, she said this. So because of this, my parents were skeptical and, of course, brought my two EpiPens to the wedding. At the time everyone was snacking and eating the food, I decided to eat a tiny bit of the cake, which Entitled Mother specifically said was nut-free again to my parents. So I took a small bite, and what do you know, within seconds, hives begin popping up all over me. I start absolutely wailing, seeing as I'm now having trouble breathing, and of course, Entitled Mother walks up to us as my mom is rushing to get my EpiPen out and put it into me, and says in the most triumphant tone, Ha! See? He's just picky. That's all. I had to put some peanuts into that cake just to show you. And of course, as the ambulance is arriving, she says, Stop, stop, he's a picky child. If he needs to go to the hospital for being picky, then take my son as well. I kid you not, if this couldn't get any more ridiculous, Entitled Mother lunges towards the paramedics and attempts to literally take me away from them. This was a futile attempt as literally every other person at the wedding ended up pinning her down and gave me back to the paramedics, and off I went to the hospital, my parents in tow. Here's the best part. The entitled mother was then, when she tried to get back to the wedding and continue it, left at the altar. Who wouldn't leave her? As well, she was fired from her job once her boss heard about the incident. Sweet, sweet karma. Now that is a really strong statement there. If you were getting married to somebody who you thought was perfect in every way, you're standing at that altar and your significant other goes and does exactly what OP described here, calling out allergies as kids being picky and trying to prevent them from going in the ambulance? Is that one moment enough for you to walk away from the wedding? Drop it right then and there? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is from Mommy of One 2022. I'm 33 weeks pregnant and my mother-in-law finally asked who's gonna be in the room. She hates the answer. Surprise, it's not going to be her. We just aren't close like that. Neither are her and her son particularly. In fact, for other reasons, he doesn't like to be around her. At 2 in the morning, I received the following text from her. She's at a casino, even though still jobless, so I would say there's a 95% chance she's drunk. 
So I've been thinking about asking you this for a while, and I finally mustered up the courage to ask, so here it is. Who do you have in the delivery room with you besides A, fiancé, to help you and welcome E, unborn son, into the world? I responded with the following, just A. H, my son's godmother, will be in the waiting room with J, my son's godfather, in case he needs a break and someone event or needs to switch out for any reason. But since I'm scheduled for an induction and C-section, only one person can go back. As long as everything goes smoothly, people can meet him over FaceTime while at the hospital. I'm not sure how many visitors they allow, but I know they said I can have one person in the room while I'm giving birth, and another outside ready to switch in case it's needed. Since I'm high risk for labor failure, they want to keep the number of people there to an absolute minimum. That includes likely having the same nurses and Dr. Jet being on call to deliver Easton whatever day I go in a labor so I'm most comfortable. I asked if my son's godfather could sit in the waiting room in case my fiancé got too overwhelmed and needed a few, and they said that's fine. He just can't be in the room. Me and my fiancé have talked about it extensively and rather not have visitors in the actual hospital room unless they say he has to stay more than 24 hours. Then, at the hospital's discretion, immediate family can start visiting. They don't expect more than a 24-hour stay for him since he's perfectly healthy. It's me they're particularly worried about. I'm worried about them not letting him stay with me in the hospital and having to leave fiancé all alone. But we haven't really gotten that far in the discussion because he refuses to talk about them separating us as a family. If I'm the only one in the hospital for more than 24 hours, at the hospital's discretion, immediate family is welcome. I would just prefer one at a time, and nobody under 13 come to the hospital so I can rest. Everyone will get the text when it's okay to come see him, wherever we are. We probably will be driving him to see people, as we'll need time to adjust to him being in the house, and we're worried about disturbances in that. She responded with this, So, can you swap out Jay with me? I would be honored to be A's tag partner if needed, and I want to be there anyway, through the entire process. Like, I want to take you guys there and be on property the entire time for any and every reason necessary. I want to help in every single way I can, as well as be as close as possible to my little grandson when he makes his grand entrance. Is there a reason you didn't want me to be your plan B? I do not know how to respond to this while keeping the peace, especially with my fiancé asleep. I want to add, I was living with her and her family when I first got pregnant because my mom passed very suddenly last year. When she found out I was pregnant, she gave me two days to get out of her house and told me that she would pay for an abortion. I'm pro-choice, but that's not what I wanted. Every time I mention that we got pregnant shortly after miscarrying, she says, Oh my god, I wanted to kill you guys. She loves her grandson. I don't doubt that. She's never been involved in the beginning of life with any of her grandkids, so I'm not sure if she realizes she's overstepping, but as a parent herself, I would think she would know. How do I approach this? I think this is only really difficult for OP because they know that the mother-in-law is going to react wildly or upset or all passive-aggressive. OP doesn't have anything to explain themselves about. It's their delivery, their kid, they get to choose who is and who isn't there. The sooner OP stops trying to tiptoe around this person being unreasonable, the sooner everything is way easier. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from the Wizardry90. Entitled brother-in-law and his wife want me to take in my niece because they're couch surfing after not working for a year and their government help was cut off. A little context, 
My wife passed away about two years ago, and we were divorced about two years before that. I've stayed very much in touch with my mother-in-law and my brother-in-law, 28. My brother-in-law has always been known to be lazy, his wife, 30, as well. They always got government assistance for housing, food, and even phones. I don't know how they got so much help. If they work, it was only for about one to two weeks at a time. But as of recently, they've not worked in about a year. It all finally caught up with them about a month and a half ago when all their assistance was abruptly cut off. Their money ran out quickly and no one wanted to hire them due to their work history. Over 20 jobs each in the span of two years. They lost their car and apartment, ended up living with my mother-in-law, and she was tired of them not doing anything but sleeping and eating her food, so she kicked them out. They first approached me last week to take my niece, Seven, on vacation with my kids. 13-year-old female, 11-year-old female, and 5-year-old male. I may have been a jerk, but I told them no, as my niece is a handful to deal with. We got back from the vacation a few days ago and say that I have to help them take care of my niece because they will have nowhere to go if they have to take her. This is complete BS because I know their family and a lot will help them, but they specifically want me to take in my niece. They say if I don't, they'll drop her off in my house anyways. I just tell them I'll call CPS and send them the messages if they don't stop. They stopped messaging me but call me every day without leaving a message. I know what they want, but I'm just going to ignore them. Really, I'm wondering if the niece is like a long-term play to get them into your house. First, it's you taking care of the niece, and then once the niece has cemented themselves, they'll start visiting a little bit more, maybe move over for a few nights, and all of a sudden, the whole family is living in your house rent-free. Or maybe they too realize that their kid's a handful and they just want to pass it off on you. Our next story is from Azar Anon, saving my cousin from his abusive mom. Hey Reddit, I, 18, trans male, have been living in a condo that my dad owns and lets me live in. He only has a few rules and it's one, pay a thousand dollars a month. I live in Canada, Quebec, so it's Canadian money. Two, keep the place clean. Three, don't have parties. And four, if you let someone move in, you two can split the thousand. So I follow his rules and live there for $1,000 a month that I pay to my dad as a thank you for letting me live here pay. It's close to my college compared to my home in the countryside and I have a part-time job in a local bakery. My dad's happy that his child's living there instead of someone else and if I hadn't moved in, he was going to let someone rent it for three times more money. So the situation, my cousin Alexander, 18, has been abused by my aunt for more than five years now. He tried to end things a few months ago and I was devastated when I found out. After he was let out of the hospital, he moved in with his grandparents. He stayed with them for a few months. He doesn't have a job since he's in therapy. A few weeks ago, he reached out to me and asked if he can live with me. I asked him why he wants to move out of his grandparents. He told me grandpa and grandma are going on vacation. Fair enough. Grandma and grandpa like to go to Europe and travel. So I asked my dad if he can move in. He agrees and I tell Alexander about rent and how he doesn't have to pay since he's in therapy and unemployed. He told me don't worry about it and he'll still pay as a thank you. So he moved in with me and he's been staying in the spare bedroom. He's good company and he helps around the house. He does a lot of chores, he cooks, he respects the rules and he respects me. He even does groceries while I'm at work and makes dinner for the both of us. I love my cousin. We grew up together and this only made us closer like siblings. My aunt found out that her son lives with me. 
My aunt is homophobic, transphobic, anti-vax, etc. This is someone my dad told me, and he said that when my aunt found out, she was livid. She said something along the lines of, My boy is being corrupted by that transphobic slur, and she's the reason he's gay. Yeah, apparently I made her boy gay. When I found out, I decided to not tell Alexander. He doesn't need more trauma, and the boy's still in a dark place. She showed up this morning at my door and screamed to be let in. I was home that day. I refused and kept the doors and windows locked. Alexander had a panic attack and I did my best to help him. I have panic attacks too and did my best to help him from experience. She eventually left, but it left both of us shaken up. But something she didn't know is that I was recording her banging on my door screaming to let her son go and how I was kidnapping him and corrupting him and more BS about when she'll get inside, she'll hurt us both. I refuse to let that happen. Today, I took action and since I'm 18, I went to the police station with Alexander and asked to file a restraining order against her. Alexander wanted one desperately but his grandparents wouldn't let him have one. So, we filed it. We're expecting you to go to court soon. I hope it goes through. If there's one area where you hope that the court system doesn't fail you, it's a situation like this. I hope that restraining order gets granted for OP and their cousin's sake because they don't deserve to put up with that entitled mother. This next story is from California Old Timer. Norman Bates and his mom say it's okay for him to harass slash grab girls in class. Hello internet grandchildren. I worked at an auto body shop in 1979 at a private school in California. First, I loved my job and working with 9 to 12 graders, teaching them automotive repair was truly a highlight of my life after I retired from Ford. Now, I had about 90 kids spread about over 6 periods this year. 11 were girls. Norman was in my 5th period with 2 girls. Now, Norman was in the FLDS church, which basically meant that women, for the most part, are basically property. He was 14 and acted like he walked on water and thought that people should just fall at his feet. Their family was quite known in the community as Norman's father moved here a couple years back with his four wives and 18 children. Girl 1 was 15 and was quite mature for her age. When I was demonstrating how to rebuild a carburetor, girl 1 was trying to learn. Norman kept talking to her and she loudly kept shushing him. Eventually, he gives up throws something in the trash, sits next to girl 2, who also rejects him. Two weeks later, girl 1 asks to be moved because Norman is harassing her. I listen and move her across the room and try not to pair her with Norman. I also report this to the Dean just in case. Friday, I'm demonstrating how to remove and install a radiator in a car. After I leave to help the upperclassmen, girl 1 was under the car. Apparently the tool spotter went to the bathroom and Norman was next in line, so he assisted. He gave her a socket wrench for the skid plate and placed it in the private area and touched her. He stated, your feet smell like cocoa butter. She screams, help me mister my name. I run over and girl one is beating up Norman and he has a bloody nose. She told me what happened, so I asked the seniors to assist the freshmen. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. And sophomores while I walk them both down to the office. Girl 1 tells the dean what happened and calls in my students over the next two days to confirm the story. Everything gets verified and Norman gets expelled. After he was gone, his mom barged into my class and says to Girl 1, Why did you do this to my son? My son loves you. You don't have to be afraid of my son. He has a gentle touch. She then cites the Book of Mormon about man and marriage word of law or something. I press the security button on my desk. Mrs. Bates tries to stop me, but the older students hold her down. Security calls the cops and she's taken. Norman did end up stalking girl one for a whole year. It only stopped after a restraining order was granted and jail time for breaking it. During the 30-year reunion, I found out that Mr. Bates divorced Mrs. Bates. Norman tried to get a Thai mail-order bride and was scammed out of 250000 Norman was last heard of in Missouri, living in a trailer as a farmhand. So, like, when Norman's mom says that Norman has a gentle touch, what exactly does she mean by that and how does she know? I'm willing to bet in a family with 18 children, there's just not enough supervision going on and, frankly, beyond that, I don't want to know. Our next story is from C. Nitro Wolf. My entitled aunt insisted I take my 7 and 8 year old cousins to a Slipknot concert. Keep in mind Slipknot's not a family friendly band, I'll post a link to one of their songs. This happened about a month ago when I decided to buy tickets for me and my girlfriend to attend an upcoming Slipknot concert and I'd informed my mom about this. Well, apparently my mom had told my aunt about this concert because about two days after I told my mom about the concert, I got a call from my aunt asking, I heard you were going to a concert. I replied with, uh, yeah, why? And she said, because your cousins have never been to one before, and I was wondering if you could take them with you. 
I said I would, but this particular band isn't exactly kid-friendly, and I don't think it would be appropriate for them. A reasonable response, or so I had thought. She had said something along the lines of how I was just a selfish jerk who didn't care about my cousins. She then demanded I take my cousins with me, or she would call my mom. Keep in mind, I'm 18 at this point, and had been living with my girlfriend, so I wasn't exactly scared. So I just hung up and ignored any callbacks from her. The next day, I got a call from my mom, asking why I'd ignored my aunt. When I told my mom, she laughed and said I'd agreed to take my cousins, but then suddenly changed my mind or something like that. Anyway, I hadn't taken my aunt seriously until the day of the concert. About two hours before we needed to leave, I got a knock on the door, and guess who it was? If you guessed my aunt, you're wrong. It was my cousins who were dropped off by my aunt. She had apparently told them that I'd agreed to take them to see a concert, but I quickly told them that I was not going to be taking them anywhere. Thank God my aunt's care and ways haven't rubbed off on them, because they were understanding that I'd already said no to my aunt. So I called my aunt to come get them, and she didn't even pick up. At this point, I really didn't know what to do because I didn't want to call the police and get my cousins taken away, and my mom was out of town. So my girlfriend suggested I call my grandparents to come get them and ask my grandparents to contact my aunt. So I did. My grandparents came and picked up my cousins and we left for the show and had a great time. The problem arose after the concert. I hadn't checked my phone the whole show and when I did, oh boy, there were 17 text messages about a paragraph long and 18 missed calls from my aunt who was furious that I got my grandparents to come get my cousins and how my grandparents thought she was irresponsible and disrespectful towards me. I just ignored her until the next day because I was so worn out from the show. My aunt had tried to tell the rest of the family that I was a jerk and promised to take my cousins to the concert with me, but when we got there, I tore up the tickets in front of my cousins outside the venue and told them to walk home. But my grandparents and my mom quickly put a stop to this and told them what had actually happened. So I guess everything worked out for me, and I feel bad for my cousins because they were actually excited about going, but I guess that's why you don't lie to your kids. I really wonder whether this was about the kids getting to have their first concert experience or whether or not the aunt just wanted to have an excuse to dump their kids on OP and have a kidless day. The way the aunt kind of dropped her kids off without saying anything and disappeared, to me, suggests the latter. This next story is from Crispy Bisky. My mom won't help me but expects me to support her financially on multiple occasions. I'm 21-year-old female and I'm a college student in my senior year. I was lucky enough to get two different jobs on campus, not entirely relevant, but it ties in. I work in the residence halls at my campus for both jobs. One pays me twice a semester, as it splits the pay for both my housing and meal plan as the job pays for it. The other, I get paid every two weeks. Both jobs are laid back. Here's the problem. Whenever I get paid back the money that's left over from books and fees, my mom always expects me to give her some of the money. She even went as far as to go to my school's website to check the academic calendar to see when the school refunds are expected to deposit. The week of deposits, she starts to question me on how much I'm getting back and how much I'm going to give her. I tell her that I'm getting enough back as I don't want her to know how much because she wants half of what I get. Specifically, I remember I gave her 700 of my refund because she found out how much I was getting back. At the time, it was my birthday and I was unhappy about this because I wanted to use the money for myself. 
Somehow she blew the money up in a few days and claimed she paid bills with it, then proceeded to tell me that I'll have to pay for her meal as well as her fiancé's, not my dad, because they didn't have the money. I asked her what happened to the money I gave her, and she proceeded to guilt trip me by saying that you're supposed to help family and I gave birth to you and rocked you to sleep all those nights and I was tired, basically giving me the whole you should help me because I gave you life speech. She even tried to ask me for money to buy her fiancé a Valentine's Day gift. Fast forward to now and I'm in a bind with money, and she tells me not to ask her for money and she's not going to ask me for any. Not to sound bratty, but I felt it was unfair, especially especially since I have no choice but to give her my money and she never pays me back. But she expects me to pay her back. I'm just waiting to go to college at the end of July because I know I won't have to struggle because I'll have both of my jobs. If there is one sentiment I absolutely hate from entitled parents, it's the whole, well, I gave birth to you, I raised you, I changed your diapers. Nobody asked you to. OP didn't choose or ask or demand that. As far as I'm concerned, OP needs to get out of that situation and never give them another dollar unless OP specifically wants to. Our next story is from a chillster. My dad wants my money. So a little background, I'm a dancer, I've been doing ballet since I was four and have now devoted my life to it. This summer my dad wants me to get a job, which would be fine if it weren't for the fact that I have an intensive dance camp. 9 o'clock to 3, Monday to Friday, for a month and a half, which is most of my break. My dad, 60-year-old male, has a higher position in a company that pays very well. He came up to me yesterday as if I was a puppy saying, So, I want you to get a job. It'll be good for your experience since dance won't work for you. That alone was annoying since I have literal awards for my dancing and a scholarship set up. I asked where the payments would go since I don't have a bank account yet and he said, You're not keeping it, you're too young for that. I need pocket money anyways. What should I do? How do I tell him I want my own hard-earned money? Is there a way for payment to not be through banks? What kind of awful, moronic father would say something like that? They literally walked up to you, said give up on your dreams, go out and work hard, and then give me all the money anyways? Does any of that sound like a loving father? This next story is by Explainer003. Homophobic parent cries over kids coming out. I, female, 24, play a street character in a festival. I met my best friend, female, 21, her three younger siblings, her shy father, and her interesting mother, female, 50-plus, entitled mother. The year after I joined, her mother and youngest sibling, C, male, 14, or P, female, 14, in front of his mom as he is a trans boy, joined the festival. After a two-year hiatus due to COVID, we were allowed to start again. Our story starts in 2019. I was having coffee with BFF when she brought up a story about how she came out as bisexual. She wrote a letter after being pressured to come out from an ex. From another room, BFF could hear Entitled Mother sobbing about her coming out. She isn't against anyone else being LGBTQ, BFF said. Just us. I brought this up to my other friend, an openly gay man, and he agreed that it's still homophobic. Flash forward to 2022, we got the green light to do the festival live. Everyone was excited about this. ICC walk in, now with short hair. AP, I stated. Note, I didn't know he was trans. Hi, C stated. I go by C now. I'm trans. Don't call me C in front of my mom, though. Okay, I stated. Noted. Two months later, I was hanging out with my friends and C was with us. 
BFF was working but was joining us after, we were talking about coming out stories when C mentions his. I wrote a letter to my mom, C stated, and when she read it, she cried. What? Friend 1 asked. That's a total lie, Friend 2 stated. I can confirm, I stated. This is an entitled mother's first rodeo with a kid coming out. Everyone looked at me confused. OP, C asked. Who else wrote a letter? BFF, I replied. I remember her telling me. You write a letter, your mom cries, then denies it for the rest of your life. C nods. You have a point, C stated. Later, I was helping set up for the festival. As I was working, Entitled Mother kept calling another trans kid by his dead name. That kid snapped. Listen, the kid shouted. Your kids may let you use their dead names, but I'm not your kid. Call me new name, not dead name. I began laughing loudly and Entitled Mother shot me a look. OP, Entitled Mother called out. Help me out here. You got into this on your own, Entitled Mother, I stated. Good luck. I walked off to help set up more. Last Tuesday, we had a committee meeting. We decided to make name tags with preferred pronouns. Guess who has to make them? Our favorite homophobic slash transphobic entitled witch. I understand it might be like hard for people to accept something that they've just never really understood or witnessed when growing up, but you kind of wish that you would see this entitled mother trying to make an effort rather than fighting it. Sadly, there's always going to be people, for whatever reason, that feel the need to die on that hill and fight it till a bitter end. Our next story is from measurement number 4675. My mom is trying to get a loan in my name. I, 20-year-old female, received an email this morning informing me that someone had authorized a credit inquiry in my name. I immediately turned my attention to my mother, 37-year-old female, who's been begging me to co-sign on a new car with her despite my refusal to which she admitted it was her and she was trying to get a loan. Then went off on her, explaining that what she did was fraud and that I didn't authorize it. And she tried to gaslight me by saying that I'm selfish and never help her, and that I wouldn't have anything if it weren't for her. My mother is extremely financially irresponsible, having fallen behind on current car payments, two mortgages, and owing me $10,000. I'm afraid she'll ruin my credit like she did her own. A little background, I'm a college student who doesn't live at home and doesn't rely on her financially. I work two jobs and support myself. My car, which was a gift to me when I turned 16, is the only thing she has on me as it's in her name. I would just say for OP, get their credit locked down, any cards, any loans, make sure they cannot access that stuff. That said, if they can convince their mom to change the title to your name on that car, that would be great. Otherwise, at some point, they might just be able to yank that car away from you. And our final story of the day is by Gay Garbage Bag. Racist Karen calls me a monster and thinks I'm kidnapping my half-brother. Some context that needs to be addressed beforehand. I'm mixed race, black and white, and my half-brother is fully white. So I don't exactly look like his sibling when I'm out with him. Another thing to understand, I'm non-binary and I don't answer to ma'am. Under the entitlement. So I'm with my brother and stepmom at a local park for a concert. My brother's only two, but he knows how to communicate what he wants. My stepmom and I took him to the stage to dance with the other kids. He starts crying, so I assume it's a little loud for him. When I go to take him back to the car for a bit, he cries more. My stepmom assumes he needs a change, so she goes to get the bag and leaves him with me. I try to cheer him up, but he keeps crying for my stepmom. Entering stage left is Karen. She begins trying to pull my brother away from me, telling him, It'll be okay, bud. I'll take you away from this dark-skinned monster. Note, 
I'm not that dark. My skin's more a medium tan. I yell at her to get away from us and that he's just fussy and my stepmom's coming back. She obviously doesn't believe me and tells me her teenage daughter, I'd assume around 13 to 14, to call the police. The girl looks embarrassed and tells Karen to just leave it. Karen sighed and called the police herself. By now my stepmom's come back and asked me what's going on. This lady thinks I'm kidnapping brother. Stepmom says, what? Ma'am, this is my stepdaughter and son. I just went to go get something. Karen gasps. You're her accomplice. Give me that baby. This goes on until the police show up. They asked several questions and eventually concluded that we weren't lying. Karen was arrested for attempted kidnapping and we enjoyed the concert. I'm just glad that Karen was reprimanded for basically literally trying to snatch that baby up even if they were blinded by their racist goggles. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another entitled parent story that was crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.